0: Man, pace is loaded. Bunting, I take that unwritten rules, huh? I mean, th- take that, boomers. They would have been that's angry. Right. Yeah, yeah, but Bunting? like that's
1: yeah. He don't care, man.
0: Welcome, everybody, to Halos in the Infield. My name is Fernando Mendez. I am joined here by a special guest. I'll let him introduce himself. Uh,
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I'm Justin Haram, the head baseball coach at Campbell University in North Carolina. I was uh, first-round draft pick, 13th overall, Zach Netto's uh, college baseball coach.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into that. How exciting was that for you? You know, obviously, you see these kids grow up. Was that a proud accomplishment for you as well?
1: Yeah, man, I, I think, um, you know, we were in Atlanta recruiting. There's there's always a huge uh, uh, event, <clears throat> Worldwood Bat Tournament in Atlanta this time of year, about 400 teams. And so my staff and I were down in Atlanta and we were going through the schedule because it's at like 40 different locations. And, and they were like, all right, well, Sunday night. And I was like, "Whoa, stop. Like, I'm going to be at the house. I'm going to be watching the draft. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to miss it. Um, I'm not going to miss this because it's um, you want to say, man, like it's going to happen time and time again. I've, I've been a college coach for 19 years. Um, you know, and and it's our, our first guy that's gone in the first 15 picks, man, our, our highest draft before Zach was number 40 in 2019, a guy named Seth Johnson to the Rays, And, and uh, so to see that and, and to see, um, you know, what, that opportunity for him and for his family and how transformational that can possibly be for, for him and the future of his family and, and uh, you know, the opportunity and and what that looks like for him, having a chance to get to the big leagues, man. Like, it's like my little brother, you know, getting the you know, having a dream come true. Um, It's pretty, 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 pretty special.
0: Were you guys pretty aware that he was going to, you know, go pretty high up there? Was there just kind of a general feeling?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we felt like, um, you know, as, as we kind of went through the season coming into the season, it was like, you know, probably top three rounds is kind of where he was slotted, like in the fall and, and coming into the spring and, you know, like, Hey man, he's got to go out and have a good spring. And and obviously it was really good in the Cape Cod league last summer. And um, you know, a lot of really good things from, from that standpoint. And then as we progressed through the spring, it was like, Yo, man, he's probably going to be pretty solid in the first round. And then, you know, as you see more and more projections, man, they just keep pushing you up, pushing you up. And then probably about three or four days um, before the draft, um, I had started hearing as early as fourth overall. And so then I called Z on Saturday and he was after he'd already gotten out to LA for the draft. Um, and, and we kind of talked through some, some different scenarios and, his advisor was great and, and his family's fantastic, man. And and I knew he was in good hands, but you know, he, you know, just really fun, Uh, honestly, man, like I'm just a fan at that point. Like I just want what's best for him. And, and, um, and so there was talk of him up at four, possibly with the pirates six with the Marlins. And then really, he said kind of anywhere after nine was kind of, kind of, you know, if, if four or six didn't work out, he thought, anytime after nine or after would kind of be his, his, his time to shine. So um, we felt like it was going to be right there in that top half of the first and um, man, really, really excited to, to hear his name called at 13. Really um, again, like I said, just really special.
0: Yeah, I think the angels actually probably works out for him as well, because the angels don't exactly have any short stops up and coming. I mean, Jeremiah Jackson is kind of the biggest, you know, question mark. He's our top prospect at the current moment but he's also not as polished as Zach is Zach seems like a pretty polished player. You want to real quick talk, uh, touch on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've had some, some pretty good players in our program. We got two guys in the big leagues right now. Cedric Mullins is with the Orioles. He was an all-star in 21, 30, 30 guy, Ryan Thompson's a reliever that's in the race with the, with the race. And um, you know, I was telling, I was telling some scouts before um, the draft Um you know, we'll, you know, we'll, you know, coach, you, you got to play at a smaller school, you know, what do you think? And I was like, man, like if you take Cedric Mullins, when he was a junior at our place and he was tremendous and don't get me wrong, ultimate professional. And this is not taking anything away from Cedric, but like, like where Zach was as a sophomore and a junior or second and third year player, redshirt freshman and, and, and redshirt sophomore, because that COVID year where he was in those two years compared to where Cedric was, as a junior, it's, it's not even really a comparison, um, you know, so to say that he's polished is, is, is just to say like, Hey, listen, man, like he can go out there. He can make every play. Uh, he's going to play really hard every day. Um, bat speed wise and ability in the box is is going to play. It, it tends to play better as the competition gets, gets um, heavier and, and, and the games mean a little bit more for him. Um, he kind of is a rise to the occasion type sort of guy. And so, um, you know is he going to be is he going to be in the big leagues tomorrow absolutely not we, like we all know that like what's a what's a 144 game um, you know minor league schedule going to do to him and and you got to handle a lot more things at, at the pro level than you do at the college level so it's what made me laugh about the ESPN broadcast it was like they were acting like these dudes were walking off stage and and you know, walking right in, you know, to a clubhouse, right into, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to the clubhouse. Like, Hey man, how you feel about Otani and, and trout? Like, yeah, man. Like I would love to get there while they're still playing. That'd be awesome, man. Like, of course, like, yeah. um, but he's, you know, he's got a chance I think to, to be a fast mover and, and hopefully make a push here in the next couple of years, because I, I do think, um, you know, I think he has advanced skills and, and the ability to adjust um, and continue to get better over time.
0: Yeah, I think they're kind of dealt a bad hand when it comes to the whole, you know, draft, because, you know, this isn't the NBA, this isn't the NFL, where you have guys getting drafted who will be on the team, you know, <laughs> two or three months later. In Major League Baseball drafts, we're talking about a guy who might not be on the team for four to five years in That's some right. cases. That's you know, right. the best case scenario here is that the guy you're drafting, especially your first, you know, three to five rounders, will maybe be up in about a year and a half, two years. That's, That's like right. a deal. <laughs>
1: That's right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like, and I think that was the narrative. And that's fine. Like yeah. it just was it, you know, again, like, man, like people that watch it all the time, like I that's my life, man. Like it's night, like I've been doing it 19, like it, it was just it was funny, man. But but I do think that he's got a chance. And and I obviously, man, like the Angels and a lot of other teams did too. And um I have a I have a a, a big belief that he's gonna find a way to, to make it to the big leagues and, and has a chance to to have some staying power and and maybe some star power as well perfect so
0: before we talk a little bit more about Zach let's talk a little bit about the program and let's talk a little bit about yourself
1: Sure. so
0: you've been with uh, the Camels for quite a while 2015 well
1: 2015 was my first year as head coach so I was the okay. assistant yeah I've been here for 15 years I was the assistant for seven years um got named head coach in the summer of 14 so 2015 was my first year first spring as as head coach so uh, seven full years and that beautiful 2020 spring that we got 16 whole games in. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's
0: talk a little bit about your accomplishments. I'm going to get winded here. Oh so, boy. so three-time Big South coach of the year, 18, 21, 22. You've overseen five Camels win yearly awards, including Zach. Uh, so Campbell has reached four NCAA regionals and won five NCAA tournament games under your watch. You've seen six different Camels win All-Americans. Your team has won the Big South regular season four times and the Big South tournament three times, and you've had nine camels selected in the MLB draft and twelve signed professional contract with MLB organizations, including the school's first first round pick, which was of course Zach. And that's just naming a couple of the accomplishments. I, I could keep going. And Please you don't. Cur- yeah. <laughs> you have a current coaching record of 243 and 175. Do you pay attention to those kind of accolades? Is it exciting at least?
1: It's exciting. Um, I, I think from a recruiting standpoint, it's important to um, make sure that, that we're doing a good job of, of being able to um, I guess spread our brand and 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 what and and what we've been able to do as an organization. I think that that's really really important to to educate um, potential recruits and their families about where we've been and and where we're going and 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 where we are a- along that journey. And so, um, obviously, man, like I, I've just been super fortunate. Like I said, I've been here for 15 years, and and the year before we. Um, you know, took over the program. They were 11 and 45 in, in 2007. So, I mean, we were, we were fighting an uphill battle from the beginning, but we had a vision and a, and a plan and, you know, and, and, and some work ethic and kind of a dream to, to build it into something really special. And and so to be able to hang around long enough and, and surround myself with, with some really, really good coaches and players, um, man, it's, it, it's, it's a dream job every day, man. Like you show up and, and people ask you that all the time because we're at a little bit of a smaller school. And so it's like, man, well, what's, you know, what's your dream job? And I'm like, dude, I'm, we're, we're living our dream job every day, man. Like, we you know, just, you can ramble off all those things, man. Like winning championships, having a chance to go to Omaha every year and, and having really, really good players and coaches around you, man. Like it, it doesn't really get a whole lot better than that. And, and um, so it's been a lot of fun.
0: So let's pretend, let's go through a hypothetical here. If I'm a recruit and you're trying to get me to your university, like what are some of the the accolades that you're trying to throw out there? What are some of the ways you're going to try to recruit me as a player?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, like we're going to give you, you know, you're going to get an opportunity to get a quality degree. I think that's, that's the most important thing when moms and dads come on campus. Like, yes, they want to know about baseball. Yes, they want to know. You know, is, is little Johnny going to get a chance to, to play and, and, and how's that going to work? But hey, man, like first and foremost, like we got to we got to take care of making sure that we're getting a solid degree. So that's number one. Number two, we're we're going to compete and win championships, man. Like winning is is really important. Like I know that there's a, a, a significant piece of society and 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 it changes every year. And it's changed in the 19 years that, that I've been doing college coaching that some people don't think that winning and losing is important. And, and it is like, there's a reason that there's a scoreboard, right? Like there's like the world treats winners differently than it treats losers. And, and so like, I think it's really important to hammer that home with our guys that we're going to compete our butts off, man. And and we're going to win championships and we're gonna have a chance to dogpile and be on national TV and, and do a lot of great things. And then number three, like I think if if you ask us, hey man, like do you run a successful program? Like how do you measure success? certainly you can look up at, at all the banners on our building and and all the championship trophies and the all americans and the drafted guys and all of that stuff man like that's that's great and that's important but what it is is it's a byproduct of of investing in our guys every single day and trying to help them become better human beings and when we do that and 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 when we set those guys up for success in their everyday life, then we've got a chance to have winners on and off the field. And ultimately that's all that we really care about, man. Like, yes, I'm, I'm pumped that, that Zach was a 13th, 13th overall pick and first rounder and has a chance to go play pro ball for a long time and maybe have a long career, but at some point, baseball ends right for every one of us. Like Absolutely. The, the, the beautiful game tells us, right? Like it told me when I was 21, like, Hey man, you're done playing. Like, figure out what's next right like and that might be 41 for Zach or whatever like I want him to be able to look back and say like hey man my my three years at Campbell prepared me for being successful in pro ball and more importantly being successful as a husband as a father as as a a leader in society because you're going to be you're going to live in society and 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 be a leader in your community for a lot longer than you're than you're a baseball player no matter how long you live uh or how long you play and so that's those are the things that are really important to us man like get your degree uh compete learn how to compete and win and 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 win at life and then you know find out how good of a baseball player and a, and a person you can become and and so really loving our guys and investing in them every day in those three areas is is super important to us
0: that's a good answer. I, I really like the whole society loves winners. I and mean, that goes for anything. It doesn't matter if we're just talking baseball. I mean, you know, they love the, the guy who bags groceries, the quickest, the guy who's taking your order at McDonald's, you name it. If you're the best at that, people love that, you know, that's people right. want, people are attracted to people like that. So
1: that's, uh, that's a hundred percent, right, man. And, and, and it has always been that way and it will yep. always be that way. But for some reason, you know, there, there is a challenge to that in, in society and it's, a lot of people what we call is it's victimhood man like victimhood produces more victimhood it's just like it's like people patting you on the button just telling you it's okay to be average like hey like i get it man like but like we're gonna effort to be uncommon right like we're yeah. gonna effort to be uh elite and 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 you know because again the world does treat winners differently than it treats losers man and and we want to produce winners
0: I think we all get to the point of our lives where we realize what we're average at. You know what I mean? Like I am the most average cook in the world. If you want some mac and cheese, I'm your guy, but you know what I mean? The cook is from a wife. That's, that's, right. that's her thing. That's what she does. She's better at it than I am. Sure. So, you know, we all just get better at masking our average things. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, and, and that's, you know, it doesn't mean that like, Hey man, like some of the skills, like, yeah, man, like I'm a super, I was a super average baseball player. Like I'm, I'm probably a pretty average college baseball coach. Like, but like, I want to be a winning human being. Like yeah. I want to treat people the right way. I want to, I want to invest in the people that are around us every day. I want to make a positive impact on, on the people that are in our program and and the people that we get an opportunity to touch every day. And and that's what winning is, man. Like, yeah, man, like I'm a pretty average cook too, man. Like I can make some scrambled eggs and stuff, but listen, man, like, you you know, if my four kids like are, are like their favorite breakfast is, you know, cinnamon rolls, like out of the Pillsbury can, like, Hey, I'm going to do my best to make them really, really good and and make sure that (laughs) You know, they've got their cinnamon rolls and yogurt in the morning, like, because yeah, I right. want them, like, because I want them set up to to go have a great day, you know, yeah. and I think that that's, you know, I think that's, that's part of just being a, trying to be a, a really good person.
0: And if they get burned, you head on to the DoorDash there. <laughs> DoorDash used to cinnamon rolls. <laughs> At least I tried. That's right. All right. So um, going back to Zach, uh, let, what, what's the Angels organization getting in a player like him?
1: super passionate team guy that, that, that loves winning, loves competing, um, really hard on himself, like has high expectations for himself. Not, not in a detrimental way, but like in a fuel to the fire type sort of way, like he, he wants to be great. You know, he wants to be great. He wants to, to, to play with passion and a little bit of edge. Um, but, but above all that, like he wants to win and he wants to, to do whatever he has to do to help, win championships man like and and I think like I, I don't know man like I don't I never coached in pro ball I didn't play pro ball I think that that development is really important in pro ball right now there's no question about that and he will continue to develop and get better as a player what I think helps breed development and I think like the the Tampa Bay Rays have have kind of proven this model is that winning still important, right? Like, and finding guys that, that will win is still important. So, like, having minor league teams that win and know how to win is really important when they get to the big leagues that they know how to win, right? Like, because, like, hey, man, like, you're, you're an Angels fan, man. Like, obviously, like, this is, this is your deal. Like, I don't know much about the Angels. I grew up a Reds fan, right? Like, so, but we're in the same boat. The Angels have a huge payroll, and they're not winning. Absolutely. Reds have a tiny payroll and they're not winning. Guess what, man? Like both fan bases, they don't care. They just want them to win, right? Yeah. Like, and so like being able to um, have a guy and, and I think that's what Zach brings to the table is like, he's a team dude that's going to figure out a way to help him win. Like when he was a sophomore redshirt freshman, he had cracked a bone in his hand diving on a play early in the year, first weekend of the year. Two weeks later, it comes back not really ready to, to, you know, necessarily play in the field. And, 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 and um, so we played him at first base and I was like, Hey man, like we're just going to play at first base till like you, your hand starts feeling a lot better and and whatever. And he's like, cool coach. Like I got no problem with that. Like I'll just be the most athletic first baseman in the country. Like, <laughs> and that's what he did. Like he didn't care if he was hitting seventh. He didn't care if he was hitting first. He didn't care if he was playing first, second, short, third DH, starting pitcher, relief pitcher, like, he just wants to win, and he wants to, to find a way to help contribute to that, and so if the angels ever told him, like, hey, man, go run around in center field, he'd be like, great, man, like, I'll go run around in center field. I don't care, man, like, I just want to be in the lineup, and I want to help dudes win, and and I'm going to be passionate and, and and energetic about how I play, um, and, and so that that's just the type of dude that you're going to get, like, he's really easy to love, man, he really is.
0: Good, yeah, it's really encouraging. I would say on this show that, like, you know, and I'm sure you're kind of going through this too. I mean, I'm sure you watch professional baseball, Oh yeah. but um, the thing is like, this is such a different breed of baseball. Like the baseball that I grew up with and I'm sure you as well was you buy championships. You know, the Yankees did it all the time. You know, the evil empire, that's all they would do. They'd buy the players that, you know, the reds and the angels would develop. <laughs> but nowadays we're in such a different breed of baseball. Like nowadays, you know, the Cubs, the Royals, the red, uh, sorry, uh, the Rays, you know, these are guys that are, you know, developing from within. These teams, these general managers continuously build this winning culture from within. You can't buy rings anymore in baseball. It doesn't work like that. This isn't basketball. You know, basketball, you can still do it, but baseball, yeah. you really need to build that culture or you're going to be stuck like the Angels. Keep on trying to make these stopgap situations that just are never working. And the Reds had a winning formula for quite a while there.
1: Yeah, and that's the frustrating part is, man, like they they started to kind of get back, like they kind of just said like, hey man, like we're really going to go for it, like we're going to go, we're going to kind of change the whole model and and um, and start really developing guys, trying to find some undervalued guys that can come in and have some weapons and do some different things, and then it was like, they got bored with it after like three or four years and they were like, ah, screw it, man. Like, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll abandon that. Like, and, and just, I don't even know, like, I, I I don't know if they have a real good direction right now. Again, I'm not in that, that atmosphere or whatever, that environment, but just from the outside looking in and and knowing some people that are on the inside of that. Um, But like, you know, we, you know, Cedric's in the Orioles organization and, and, They basically blew up that whole thing five years ago, and they knew they were going to get their tails beat at the major league level, but here they are now with the number two ranked, uh, minor league system. And, and they're hanging right around 500 right now, 145 games in the least games that they've done that in like 10 years. Um, the rays obviously same thing, man, they've got a system. They, they know what they're looking for and, and trying to put that together. It's, uber important for those guys to win at the minor league level, because when they get to the big league level, they want dudes that are competing and winning championships. Like that's the biggest thing. And that's why, you know, you see them in, in the world series two years ago against the Dodgers. And um, you know, a lot of that stuff, man, it's, it's, it's fun to watch it at the big league level, because that's similar to what we kind of do at our level as well as, is, is really try to build that culture Get good players that you can develop and get better. Look for guys that are outliers and and put them in a position to be successful.
0: Yeah, it's got to be really hard, especially in college, because you're having to rebuild continuously. You know, it's not like the, you know, where eventually these guys are going to hit the majors and they're there until, you know, they hit, you know, free agency. In college, they're leaving one way or the other at some point, whether it's through the draft or because, you know, they get injured or because, you know, they graduate no matter what they're leaving. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. You never have the same crew two years in a row, man. It's it's a, it's a unique, it's a unique locker room every year. And and that does make it fun. And, and, uh, you know, and again, and you can kind of rally around that, man, like every ride's a little bit different and, and um, you just try to make it the best you can and, and leave it better than how you found it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so far you're succeeding. Your, your teams have been doing well. Okay. So what's one underrated part about Zach's game that people
1: aren't talking about his base running okay. elite, elite base runner, elite base runner. And, and I think that at the pro level, you don't see elite base running as much, but when you no. do and you compare it to what, and not, not just stealing bases, like being able to go first to third, efficiently, being able to score, being able to have good turns, knowing what a dirt ball looks like being able to pick your timings and and get yourself into scoring position and do some different things and pressure some people like, yeah, man, like the dude had a million extra base hits. He hit over 400 as a career, two-time big South player of the year. But like, Hey man, like you watch that dude play and you watch his motor. And, and, you know, a lot of those doubles are hustle doubles, man, because he gets out of the box and he plays hard and he runs hard down the line. Um, and, and he knows how to stretch and push and, and, and do some different stuff on the bases that like, again, like I know that that's not a super sexy part of, of, of scouting baseball or what the general fan might see. But if you have season tickets to wherever he's going to end up, and if you have season tickets to angels games, when he gets to the big leagues, like, and you go to the game all the time or you watch him on TV all the time, you're going to see that dude do some things on the base paths that almost no one else in the big leagues is going to be doing because He knows the importance of it. He knows how to pressure and he knows what he's doing. Um, And, and it's a really, really elite and fun part of his game because you'll look up and he's on, on second base and you're like, how did that happen? Right? Like he's always in scoring position. Um, and it's because he can take advantage of, of some of those things. And in the big leagues right now, man, like, and it's starting to trend back. Some guys are starting to run the bases a little bit more than maybe four or five years ago, but but he's he's one of those players, man, that he can hit the ball out of the park and he can steal you 20 or 25. And 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 he's gonna go first to third like that. And and he's gonna be a real electric player on the bases. And and I think some people are gonna really, really enjoy that.
0: That'll be exciting to have because I mean, we're we're now in a time where you know, you don't want your guys to steal, at least professionally, because, you know, you don't want to give up an automatic out or the, the idea of potentially just giving away an out. But, yeah, you know, we're certainly seeing a trend back to some old-school baseball, especially in some clubhouses. I personally prefer the games where guys are going first to third over home runs. You know, I like pitcher's duels. I like, you know, gappers. I love those kind of things. I love slappers. I don't like, you know, the home run hitting guys, you know.
1: Yeah, bang or bust. That's all you got. You got Jerry yeah, Galloway's. Yeah, he's going to punch out 200 times, and he's going to hit 30 yeah. bombs and not a whole lot in between. Like, yeah. Zach's what, what we call is a baller in our in our system, man. Like, he can do a lot. Like, he can run the bases and steal you 20. He can hit you 20 bombs. He can hit you 20 doubles. He's going to, wow. you know, one, one of the most electric at-bats that he ever had. We came out of a, a lightning um, deal two years ago. Bases were loaded, two outs. He goes third baseman's back. He goes drag bunt um to to score a run for a one base hit with two outs and the bases loaded next dude comes up hits a hits a grand slam off the you know off, off the off the foul pole and it's you know and we're off to the races man like he does stuff like that and sees the game in a little bit different way than than some other guys where again like it's not just going to be a bang or bust type deal man like he's going to be able to pressure you in a lot of different ways um some guys asked me for a comp on him and I thought like Trey Turner I watched Trey Turner when he was at NC State for three years like be able to to do a lot of different things and pressure you in a lot of different ways and and Zach's game reminds me a lot of of Trey's game um at this point in their career um Trey was a little bit better runner Zach had a little bit more pop um you know but but very similar in terms of being really good base runners and and being able to pressure you in a lot of different ways and I think that 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 part of Major League Baseball will start to trend back as as the shift goes away, as they start to make some of these rules, as maybe some of the automated, um, you know, strike zones and stuff like that. There's going to be there's going to be ways that they got to try to create some runs. And so it may swing back that way, at least a little bit
0: man, base is loaded bunting. I, I take that on <laughs> written rules. Huh? I mean, th- take that boomers. They would have been that's angry. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But bunting? like that's, yeah, he don't care, man. Like, and, and that's, that's awesome. again, like, that's how we play. Like we, you know, we, we have a motto and, and, and he embodied it, man. Like it, we're just unafraid to crash and burn. Like that dude's going to go play with his hair on fire. And, and and try to put the maximum amount of pressure on you as an offensive player as possible and he's going to run out there on defense and try to make every single play man and and it's amazing because there's balls that he gets to and makes plays and you're like no one else even gets to that ball much less makes the play look easy and again that's why he's a first rounder and, and hopefully super exciting for for angels fans
0: yeah, the game needs more players like that. That's what I like, the new, the, the new philosophy change in baseball. You know, the whole let the kids play mantra is definitely a lot better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked watching guys like Adam Dunn play and, you know, those kind of guys. Yeah, great. Home runs are cool and all, but I definitely like the new exciting type of baseball that we're starting to see again. Um, okay, so give me a number between 1 to 10. 10 being absolutely sure that Zach is going to remain a shortstop all the way through that they won't change his position that they don't think he's going to be a better, you know, second baseman, center fielder or whatever.
1: I would say like nine, like I, I would, I would be very, very sure that. And again, like I'll say this. I think that if, if he moves from shortstop, it's not, it's not from a defensive standpoint. It's it's, okay. it's because of either offensive, like he, Hey, listen, man, like we, we want you to, um, add 25 pounds once you get a little bit bigger we want you get a little bit stronger you got an opportunity if if you add 25 and become a different framed player you got a chance to hit 30 or 35 bombs or you know whatever the case may be i i think where he is right now man like he's he has got a very very good opportunity to stick at shortstop
0: yeah i think the other good thing is like i said the angels don't have a long-term shortstop at the moment you know this isn't a a third base situation. where all oh, Rendon's there. There's, there's already a log jam. So that should be beneficial to him. Sure. Okay. So one of the biggest concerns about him coming out of the draft was his aggressive leg kick when swinging. Is that something that, you know, people should be worried about long-term? Is that something that you see changing?
1: No, like that. I mean, again, like if I've heard that once, I've heard it 687,000 times, man. Like it's, it, it it's comical to me because, I mean, I think he's had that leg kick since he was 14 when he was five, eight and 145 pounds and couldn't turn the barrel through the zone. Like that's just kind of part of who he is. Will it ever change? I have no idea. You know, I do know this about Zach, like he'll make adjustments. Like he's not, it's not like, it's not, he's not a tinkerer. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to try something different all the time, but like he will make adjustments to be successful. If it's not successful, he'll find a way to change and, and, and morph into something different because he wants to be successful like he wanted to to increase his 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 uh strikeout ratio and and this year I think he walked almost twice as many times as he struck out like like his plate discipline and all that stuff has improved because he knew that those are things that he needed to get better at
0: yeah his on base percentage is crazy I mean we're we're talking like he's I think he's over 500
1: yeah yeah like he OPS <laughs> he OPS like 1287 or something like that this year crazy like, and and we played the eighth, you know, we played the eighth, you know, eighth best non conference strength to schedule in the country. So it's, you know, people can say, hey, well, you're at a little school and you're this and you're that. Well, listen, man, like, like we played 23 conference games, and so the other, you know, 37 games that we played this year was against the the eighth best non conference strength of schedule in the country. Like, hey, man, like the dude put up numbers and and did damage against everybody from the SEC to the big 10, to wherever, it doesn't matter. Like, and, and the bigger the game, the better he played. Like, listen, man, like the leg kick is, is, is uniquely him for sure. But like as that foot strikes and, and he gets into the launch position, man, like if you really slow it down frame by frame, like at foot strike, like that dude's in as good of positions posturally and, and explosive wise as almost anybody, um, and I think if anybody really broke it down from from a again, is it unorthodox? yeah, man, but so was Sadahara o and he hit the most home runs in in Japanese baseball history like and go look at that dude's leg kick like it's not really as uncommon as people probably think yeah. but for a college guy to to, to have that, they might think, oh man, that's going to be some some issues If it is, he'll change if it isn't, you'll see him hitting him out of Angel Stadium with that big big old leg kick.
0: Yeah, Otani had a big leg kick, and that was something that was adjusted, but he still has a lot of torque to his swing. And it seemed like Zach builds a lot of torque with his swing. And uh, that's something that normally does translate. For sure. um, so I'll leave you with this. So, what's next for Campbell? You know, what's next for your program? Who are some other guys that, you know, next year baseball fans should keep their eye on? I'm sure you can go through your entire roster because I'm sure you love all your guys. For sure. Who's just a couple of guys who, you know, will be hearing their names next year?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, so this year, obviously fortunate. We had Zach go 13th overall. We had another, our Friday night guy was Thomas Harrington. He went 36th overall. Um, and so we had two guys go before the second round, first team in the country to, to have that this year. Um, yeah, I saw that, yeah. The flip side of that is, is we also had our first team USA guy in, in school history this year, a guy named Cade Keeler was our, our Saturday guy. Um this past year behind Tommy um, was a sophomore. Tommy was a draft eligible sophomore. So really strong sophomore class, Cade Keeler. I would, I would say that he's a guy that um, I mean, fastball up to 98 um, plus slider um, serviceable breaking ball and, and probably an average to above average split finger. So four pitches for strikes team USA guy punched Tennessee out 12 times in seven innings in the regional um as the number one team in the country like he's a guy that that certainly could hear his name called on on the first night um we've got a cape cod league all-star coming back as well a guy named ty cummings also a sophomore um sinker slider type guy sinker up to 97 slider at at 83 84 um and developing a changeup he's about six foot four and and we call him slim man he's He's tall and, and tons of strikes and he's been out of our bullpen the last two years. Um, but definitely a guy, I mean, he's absolutely shoving in the Cape right now. I think he's pitching it to like an 67 um, and just dominating up there. And so those two guys from the pitching side of things, I think are, are really exciting and and guys that you could hear their name called pretty early. And we've got a third baseman named Jared Belbin. That's from Australia that hit 18 home runs, left-handed kid. Um, that's got a chance to be a really, really special player. And, and, be kind of that baller like I was talking about Zach being in terms of being able to, to do a lot of different things and, and pressure guys in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah, certainly exciting stuff coming out of your program. I, I've definitely seen your program play some pretty big games lately. Uh, you know, I, I watch ESPN all the time, ESPN U and all that. I'm always in hotels, like I told you before we started recording. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, you guys are starting, starting to come up now against some pretty big schools. And I'm sure that's something that you find exciting.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been, you know, again, we've been super fortunate. In, in 2022, we played at the Tennessee Regional, played them on on in the winner's bracket um, semifinals and, and in front of 6,000 people. Man, it was awesome. Jam-packed stadium at Lindsey Nelson and, and super exciting game, back and forth game. Um, took Mississippi State to the brink in 2021 and at their regional and the regional final. Uh, Zach actually made the last out. 103 mile an hour top spot on ground ball with the tying run at third base. Man, if he elevates it, that ball's, way gone. Um, and uh, they end up going on and winning the, the national title in 2021. So again, just trying to push the limits, man, and, and put our guys in the best position to be successful and um, having guys like Zach and, and, and um, you know, guys like that, just super thankful, man. And, and um, you know, putting us on the map and, and continue to push our program to new heights.
0: Well, there you have it, Justin Hare of the very successful Campbell so uh, make sure to check them out. I'm sure you'll see them all over the place. Uh, anything you want to say to the listeners, anywhere they can find you if they're interested in some college ball.
1: Yeah, man. Um, at J hair A I R A I R H A I R E O three on Twitter or at go camels on Twitter. Um, our social media girl, Brooke Brown does a tremendous job. She is phenomenal. Um, and um, we pump out a lot of content And right now. It's, it's uh, a lot of Zach Neto and, and a lot of, uh, <laughs> background on him. And so there's tons of videos and, and tons of, of cool things about him and and uh, our program on there. So would love to have some of those Angels fans jump on board, but uh, Camels are global, man. And and uh, you guys are going to love Zach. And, uh, and more than anything, like more than anything else, man, he's an awesome kid, comes from an awesome family. Um, and and you're never going to doubt how much he, he cares about the game and, and cares about leaving your organization better than how he found it.
0: Well, there you go. Exciting stuff to come. Justin, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate the time.
1: Appreciate it, man.
0: Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or your YouTube videos, and make sure to leave a five-star review. Viva Los Angelitos. Thanks again for listening.